you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I got in a fight. Yes, I did. I got in a fight with the, with the wireless mic, and I'm afraid the wireless mic won. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to figure this out. Sorry about that. Anyways, wow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I am glad to be here. Are you glad to be here? Praise the Lord. You know, tonight I want to talk about uh, our, what's that mean? Am, am, am I? Go ahead, unplug. That's fine. I may take it off. We may not be able to stay live. Um, you think? That'll work better? I don't know. We can try the blue mic. Were you using that earlier? I, I used, yeah, I did use this one earlier. Do you want to just shut me off and see? Uh, okay, I think we're good right now. Yeah, well, if it does it again, I'll just, uh, I'll just do this one. And um, hallelujah. And if, uh, let me figure something out here. We are having all kinds of problems here. I think I'm just going to let it hang. My husband lets it hang all the time, so tonight... <laughs> My husband lets it hang out all the time. So hallelujah. You guys just, uh, sorry about the sound. You just bear with us. I don't know what's going on. But uh, if it gets too distracting, I'll just turn, I'll just speak to you without a mic. And I'll just raise my voice and we'll be okay. So tonight's sermon title is Lifeline. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus is our lifeline. Amen. I'm going to read some scriptures to you, and when you, you know, let's pray this. Say, Holy Spirit, make alive to me, make clear to me the scriptures as they're read to, to me tonight. Let it open up me. Let it illuminate my mind and my heart and my spirit and my soul tonight. And let me see things in these scriptures that I've never seen before. Amen. Listen, the Holy Spirit is our helper, even in the Bible, understanding the Bible. Amen? Amen. So John 1 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and I want to start there. And this is what John 1 verses, let's see, 1, 1 through 5, that's where we'll start. And so here we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's not talking about your written Bible in your lap. And then it says, He was in the beginning with God. Amen. So who was in the beginning with God? Jesus was in the beginning with God. His name may not have been Jesus up there. Jesus is the name of a man. That's for our sake, for redemption's sake. But in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning. Did you lose me? He was in the beginning with God. Amen? Amen. And so do you want me to try this? Yes, no, unmute the black. Black, just a regular black. And so, therefore, uh, I am on. So, 
in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. No sound? All right, I'm just going to keep going. If there's no sound, there's no reason me holding that thing in my hand. So it says Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. Say that all things were made through Jesus. And without him, nothing was made that was made. that was not made, you can leave that there, nothing made through him that was not made by him. Amen. I'm going to say this to you. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Jesus knows how to fix you better than anybody. Amen. He made you. The doctors are practicing. They know some things. They've found it out by practicing. But Jesus is the one that made your frame and made your body. Nothing was made in you except that it was made by him. Jesus is the original designer, the original carpenter, the original maker of you. He knows things about your body and your mind and your soul and your spirit because you're a three-part person that nobody else knows. And when the doctors can't figure it out, you're going to go to the life-giving source. You're going to go to the lifeline. Now there's a way that he throws that lifeline to you to make things come out right in you. And we're going to talk about that later. But I want you to never forget this verse. Jesus made you. And there's no one in this earth that knows how to fix you better than Jesus himself. Amen? So say this, my body was made by Jesus. He knows how to fix it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Smith Wigglesworth said this, and I'm not saying you should adopt this policy, but he says no knife will cut me in life or in death. No knife will cut me in life or in death. He meant he wasn't going to be harmed by anybody with a knife, including doctors. That's just something he said. And here's how Smith, and don't feel bad if you've been under surgery. This is not why I'm saying this. What I'm saying is that Smith decided this is the way he worked this out in his mind. Jesus made me. Jesus can fix me. If he doesn't fix me, I'm going to heaven. But he said, no knife will touch this body in life or in death. And um, that is a true statement. Uh, He was never brought under the knife. He had gallstones or kidney stones. Which one was it, guys? Gallstones or kidney stones for three years while he was preaching. And he, 
was in pain for three years. But he decided that his body was the temple of the Holy Ghost and he didn't want a man cutting on it. That was the, that was the take that he took. So for three years he ran around the country and preached the gospel, but he passed every one of those stones. Loads of stones. And when he died, he walked up into the pulpit or right behind the pulpit and just slumped to the floor. He was just as straight and, and strong at 87 when he walked up the aisle. He walked behind the pulpit, behind the vestibule, whatever, to talk to someone and then just left his body. And they said there's no need to cut him open to see what went wrong. He just left his body. He had no known sickness and disease. So in him was life, and that life was the light of men. So let's read on. All things were made through Jesus. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In you is life. Say that, in me is life. Jesus said in him was life, and that life brought light to men. And then in the King James it says, and the light and the darkness could not comprehend it. Now when I read that verse, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. What does that mean the darkness doesn't understand the light? That's not what it says. In the Greek, in the other translations it says, and the darkness could not overcome it. The darkness could not suppress it. The darkness could not extinguish it. Amen? So when he brought life, in himself down here, he brought that life, brought light to men, and the darkness cannot extinguish the light that's in you. Amen. It cannot overcome it. Amen. It cannot suppress it. Amen. 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 And that's what you need to say. Jesus brought life to me, and it became light, and the darkness cannot suppress the light that Jesus brought to me. Amen. In him was life, and that life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 5. Verse 9. That was the true light, talking about Jesus, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, talking about the Jewish people. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He has given us the right to be called the children of God. Do you think that, come on, if you're a parent... You want your children to have the best, drive the best, eat the best, Amen. be the best. Yeah. As a carnal parent, you have flaws and faults, and we all do. But if God, Jesus, gave us the right to become children of God, how do you think God, he loves Jesus, he loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. Amen. Because now we are children of God. Should we live any far beneath what Jesus lived? You need to see yourself like that. You need to see, in 1 Corinthians 6 it says, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore glorify God in your body. In Psalm 103 it says, bless the Lord's soul 
and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord's soul and forget not all his benefits. There's three bless the Lord's before he says to forget not all his benefits. Bless, bless, and bless. We are supposed to bless the Lord, to praise the Lord. It does things inside of our bodies. The endorphins respond in a positive way when we bless our maker because our maker made us. When we curse people and we curse the maker, the body responds negatively. It does not understand darkness. It does not live well in darkness. Do not let darkness come into your body, in your life, and in your mind because it was made from love. Your body was made out of love. It does not understand darkness, and it does not function well on darkness and in darkness. Let's go to 1 John, Josh. 1 John 1. I love this book, but I'm not going to read the whole book. This is what I call... The love book. If you guys need help with walking in love, read 1 John. <laughs> It'll strengthen you. Amen. Amen. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. Remember, Jesus said he gave that light to you. Do you remember that in John? He gave and that life in him was the light to men. And it says, God is light, and in him is what? No darkness darkness at all. Where does God live? He lives in you. God in you is light, and in him is no darkness at all. When you embrace the God of light that is residing in you, and you don't grieve him, light starts flooding from the inside of you to the rest of your body to your mind, and to every part of your body. Say, God is light. God is in me. In God, there is no darkness at all. In me, there is no darkness at all. I allow love. I allow the light of God to shine forth. I forgive as the Lord has asked me to because I've been forgiven. I am full of light. My body is full of light. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefit, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. When it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, it says, Forget not all his benefits. When you work a job and they say, okay, we're going to hire you for $15 an hour and these are your benefits, you know what that means. This just comes with working. Not only am I getting the $15 an hour, I'm getting health insurance, I'm getting life insurance, I'm getting 401K, whatever. The benefits just come with the job. So that's why the Lord said, bless me, bless me, thank me. Because don't forget, because if you thank God and love him and bless him, you won't forget the benefits. And what are the benefits? He lists them. Who forgives all your sin, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. One time I came home from work and I had a horrible headache. 
it would not leave. It was, it was going on for quite a few hours. I was taking aspirin, I was taking ibuprofen, whatever. It just hurt. It just hurt very bad. I mean, I thought I was having a brain tumor or something. It just, you know, you just hurt so bad, nothing's taking it away. And when you put the Word of God in your heart, it comes back to you when you need it. And he said, remember, I crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he said, where does a crown sit? On my head. (laughs) And so the light and the revelation and the illumination of God came to me in that scripture. He crowns me with loving kindness. You put a crown on somebody's head, loving kindness and tender mercies are sitting on my head right now. And the headache left. And that headache, type of headache, never came back to me ever again because he gave me such a revelation of that verse. If you'll read and take the time to read, God will reveal these things to you. Go to Hebrews 11. I love Hebrews 11.3. Say, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glorify God in my body and in my spirit, which are God's. Amen. I'm not my own. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 11, 1. Well, let's go to 3. We, we start with 1. Now, faith is the substance. Faith is a substance of things that you hope for. It is the evidence of something you can't see. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. All right, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds mean you and the world and the earth. Think about my house. What is the framework of my house? What is the framework of your house? What is it? Somebody answer. If you're wrong, it doesn't matter. I won't embarrass you. I won't go, no. (laughs) Nobody answers with pastor anymore. Thank you. The stud walls, the framework, the foundation, the framework, the beams. What is the framework of a house? It's the stud walls. When you walk into a house that's finished and it has all the pretty paint and the pictures on it, the real thing that's upholding that house is behind the pretty paint. Am I right? It's the frame. So when the Bible says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, the word of God, the words he spoke is what's holding up us right now what's holding this world together physically right now the heavens the earth the sea from not flooding us right the word of god it says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of god so that the things which we see are not were not made from the things which are not seen right the things which are seen are made from the unseen i can't see anymore the stud walls in my house I used to be able to walk through them. But when people come over, they don't see the stud walls. They see the paint. They see pictures. They see decorations. But I know that the studs are holding it up with the foundation, with the beams, and everything underneath pretty, right, and stucco. So that's the same thing with God. He framed you. By faith, we understand that your body was framed by God. Amen? So the things, let me read it right so I don't get tongue-tied. So the things which are seen, this right here, I can see this, 
were, was not made of things which are visible. I can't see God. I can't see him physically. But my body was framed by God. So when you're thinking about healing and receiving healing, I want you to think about these verses. I major on that because I've had such victory in my life on that issue. That's probably why it comes up a lot. But I'm trying to show you something. I'm going to switch gears here in a minute and tell you how to make the thing that Jesus gave you, that light, that life, how to make it a reality in your life so you have victory over darkness that tries to overtake you. But he said that he's light and the darkness does not overtake his light. Amen. And he's in you. And now you're asking me in your head, well, how do I activate this inside of me? Well, one of the ways to activate it is Smith Wigglesworth said, I never go, probably I never pray most of the time more than 30 minutes at a time, but then I never go 30 minutes without praying and reading the word. Why? Because he's filling himself up. He's filling himself up with the glory of God, the reality of what God has put in him, and faith arises, and that's why he was able to do miracles. He wasn't doing that to try to be big and do miracles. He was doing that because he didn't want the grasp of the world to take over. And he knew that he was susceptible to that because he had fallen in that before. So he said, I never go more than 30 minutes praying, but I never go without 30 minutes without praying again. Amen? So that's one way to activate the light of God that is in you, that's in your brand new spirit. Amen? But we're going to talk about the fact that Jesus, he is the life giver, but he's not here. He is up in heaven sitting on the right hand of God. His work is finished. It's done. That might be news to somebody. But he said, I'm leaving. I'm going away and I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Now you're going to learn how to use the Holy Spirit to your advantage. Because uh -huh. he's there waiting on you mm -hmm. to use him. Amen. He's the one that makes Jesus' life-giving substance a reality in your life. You do have the Lord's life in you. But you are going to have to learn how to activate it. Amen. It's not something you're trying to get. If you can just start with the fact that when I was born again, the life of God came in me. Yep. Yeah. He's in there. Right. But it's, it's like working a muscle. You've got muscles, but you may not use them, so you may not be very strong. But you have them. You Amen. have everything it Amen. takes yeah. to be what you need to be and to be bold in the Lord and to be healthy and to be wealthy and to be wise. Yeah. But you're going to have to use the helper yeah. that is Amen. sent to you, yeah. that was sent to you to help you. Amen. Amen. And if you never talk to him and if you never read the word and let the Holy Spirit illumine, you know, illuminate the words of God to you, you're just, you're just wasting all this life yep. that's in you. Amen. I mean, you're going to go to heaven and that's good, but why not have some heaven on earth while you've got days left? Why not be healthy and be a blessing to people? 
and be able to open your home and be able to lay hands on people and not to be sick in a bed and decrepit in the hospital and doctors probing you every way but Sunday. Amen. Right? Amen. So let's learn about that for a minute. All right, here we go. The Holy Spirit is our lifeline. John 14. I love John 14, 15, and 16. I read it. I read it a lot. I'm not going to read everything to you, just the things I want to read tonight. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 26, and 27. Here we go. Oh, boy. If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. How many of you would raise your hand and say, I love Jesus? Amen. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you don't keep his commandments, you don't love him. I didn't say you weren't going to heaven. I just said you don't really love him. You don't really love him. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And 1 John says, my commandments aren't burdensome. He's only left us with two. There's only two for you to remember. It's not like the times table where you had to memorize 1 through 12. There's only two commandments to remember. What are they? Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as you would love yourself. If you wouldn't do it to yourself, don't do it to your neighbor. If you wouldn't take from yourself, don't take from them. If you wouldn't cuss yourself out, don't cuss them out. God said just love your neighbor as you love yourself. Amen? And the Bible says that if you're a Christian, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen. You have the love of God. You have the agape love of God because when you asked him inside, he put it inside you. Amen. Amen. You just have to say, I'm going to exercise it. That's right. Amen. Right. If you love me, keep my commandments, verse 15, 16, verse 16, chapter 14 of John. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you how long? Forever. forever. Say, the Holy Spirit is with me forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and he'll be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Listen, if you'll just pray in the Spirit and you'll read the Word and you have a decision to make, on something, just take some time and go, Lord, what do you think? Lord, what do you think? I want to know what you think. And in time, sometimes it's faster than, than other times, but in time, you'll just get this. You'll start heading this direction, and you'll just get, uh, uh, I don't want to do that. And then another door will open up, and you go, I'm going to do that. That's the Holy Spirit nudging you. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Trust that. Trust that, but take time to listen to them. Stop letting your head tell you everything and what it's going to do, what it's not going to do. Amen. Take time to be still. Many people are, are, don't want to be still because guilt and shame flood their mind and their brains. If you've got it under the blood, that's between you and the Lord. Amen. And you can tell Satan, take a hike. It's under the blood. And just start thanking God. The fastest way to get rid of guilt and shame if you've got it under the blood and you've asked him to forgive you is just start praising God for the blood. Amen. It's not because of me. It's because of the blood. 
Not because of what I've done. It's not because I'm good. It's because you're good, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Amen. Satan, take a hike. And Father, thank you for healing me Amen. and showing me the way. That's all there is to that. It's just a heart change. Amen? So here's what Jesus said. I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. Is he always going to tell you the truth? If something comes to your head that's not in the word of God that God didn't say about you, why do you need to know the, what the word of God says to you? Why do you need to read your Bible? Is because God has said some things about you that are true. And when something hits your head, it's not yourself. It's not yourself just saying that. It's Satan outside of your head going, you're this, you're that. You might want to go open your Bible and say, but what, what did God say? Amen. It all boils down to two things. Do you believe what God said in the Word, or do you believe what your head's saying? Because your head is an open battlefield for the devil to playground on. That's why you need to know what the word says. If you don't know what your great-grandmother left you, you don't get the benefit of it. If you don't know what Jesus died to give you, you don't get to experience the benefit of it. But if you'll open up and read the will on what he said he'll do for you and what he's already done for you, then you can stand up and say, this is the truth. And this is how it will be in my life and in my family and in this house. This is how it will be. Because I'm going to agree with Jesus. Amen? Amen. It's time for y'all to stand up. Y'all say some things. Y'all have given people a piece of your mind before. Well, give the devil a piece of your mind. Just make sure there's something in it worth giving them, right? Amen. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, church, for he dwells with you. Say, I know him. I know him. You know when you're doing something stupid. You know when you're doing something wrong. There's a, uh, uh, you just feel like crap. You know that. I know that. The Bible says you know him. Just turn. Just repent. Just turn around and say, oh, I'm not going to do that. And then light and love and joy comes back into your life. But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Amen. Let's read verse 26. But the helper, everybody say the helper. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now listen to me. There's a lot of things that are troubling us right now. I mean, let's just be honest. There's a lot of things that don't look good. Ha, ha, ha. ha, ha, ha. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I may not have all the answers right now on what to do, but he said he'll lead me and guide me into all truth. He's the spirit of truth and he'll show me things to come. So don't curse the day you were born. And don't curse the day you're living in. 
you enjoy every day to the best of your ability, put the word of God in your heart. He said he's your fortress. He said he's your shelter. He said he's your high, high tower. Hey, yeah, maybe things aren't going to go the way they've always gone. There's a whole lot of things that are about to change. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just because our physical, natural world gets turned upside down a little bit doesn't change the fact that he says, don't let your heart be troubled. You keep doing what you know to do. You keep loving Jesus. You keep quoting the word, calling him your strength, your helper, your advocate. Amen? Because that's who he is to you. John 16, 5 through 7. But now I, now I go away to him. That means Jesus saying, I'm going away to the Father. I, I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I said these things, sorrow has filled your heart. They didn't want him to leave. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Everybody couldn't have their own little special Jesus back in the day, but there was a way for us to all have our own special Jesus. He, spent the, he sent the Holy Spirit. Right. We all can have our own Holy Spirit, and he can live in each one of us, and he can be our personer, personal helper, trainer, advocate, strengthener, Amen. right? Amen. I don't have to run to Rosie to get some of the Holy Spirit on me. I've got the same one she's got. Amen. Amen. You've got the same one I've got. You've got the same one Pastor got. Amen. The only difference between you and Pastor is he prays in tongues more than you do. Amen. That's all. He prays in tongues and he spends time in the Word more than you do. That's why he's the pastor. That's why he got the job, not because he was looking for it and not because he was asking for it. He just decided he wanted to know God a lot more than he did. Started praying in his bedroom every night, reading the Bible hour after hour. You know, when you get home from work and all of a sudden the Lord said, I want you to go do, I got, I got an assignment. Yeah. Go do this. Yeah. That's all that happened. He wasn't some, you know, shining star came fall on his head. He just decided to seek God. What do you want me to do with my life? Yeah. I don't want to lay block the rest of my life with no purpose. If this is what you want me to do and tell all these guys about Jesus, I'll do it. But if there's something else you want me to do, I'll do that too. Now, he didn't think it was going to come this way. He thought it was going to come a way he wanted it to come. But he's here, and it came this way, and that's the only difference right now between him and you. But you're out here listening to me going, okay, I've got the same Holy Spirit. I can pray. I can ask God, how do I do life? What do you want me to do with my life? E.W. Kenyon had periotinitis, which I'm not sure what the symptoms of that is, but he was almost dead. It had something to do with his bowels or something. I, I don't know. It, he, he was very sick. And um, he was born again. And I remember the prayer in his life story, the book. He finally laid on his hospital bed or wherever he was, almost dead. He was just a young man. He was only like, what was he, Teresa, 20, 24, 25? Nobody could figure out what was wrong with him. He laid on his bed and he said, God, I give my all to you. He hadn't before. He wanted to go to heaven, but he wanted to do life his own way. He was very rich. Whatever he was doing, he was making a lot of money. He was selling life insurance. He was making a lot of money. But what good is a lot of money 
if you're about dead. Life is not all about money. It's about family. It's about love. It's about relationships. It's about being able to communicate and love one another and have good times. It's about fellowship with him and then, right, vertical, and then horizontal with each other. So he laid on that bed and said, God, I give up. I give my all to you. That night, he was healed completely. Doctors couldn't explain it. They didn't know really how it came, didn't really know how it went away, but it went away. And he jumped out of bed the next morning, and he didn't slow up ever since. The Lord asked him to open up a Bible study in his home and start teaching young men. And then he just took him. And then today, he's well long gone and dead, but today we have all his books. And he has blessed millions and millions of people. That's what God wanted. God wanted him to leave a legacy and leave books and, and to leave the things that God had taught him for us. Isn't that wonderful? There's a lot more to healing than just, I believe I receive. He heals all my diseases. He's asking for all of you because he gave all of him. Amen. 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 So the Holy Spirit is our helper. John 16, 5 to 7, I read that. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper won't come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth, what's he called? Truth has come. He will guide you, Kathy Beck Ferguson, Ken Howder, Rosa Camacho, Glenda, Sarah, Carmen, Bob. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Did you know that if you ask him, he'll tell you things that are coming in your life? He will guide you into all truth. That doesn't just mean the truth of this. Some people think that just means he's going to guide you into all the truth of the word. No, it says he'll guide you into all truth. You ask him to show you the truth of what's coming in your life, the things that he knows you need to know. I started asking him one time, would you show me things to come in my life and with my family? And he started showing me little blurbs and little pictures of things that are coming. And then if you lose your keys, I ask you to show me and guide me into the truth of where this is. I thank you that I have it, and all of a sudden they appear. I lost a ring one time that I just bought. It slipped off my hand in the car. I know when it slipped off. I'd been eating pizza. I was with a friend, and it slipped off my hand in the car. And then when I got out and I got home, it was gone. And I figured it's on the floor you know, or somewhere in the seat. I looked all over the car, looked all over the floor, pulled up carpets. You know how you do the seat. I, I couldn't find it for days. Kept going out to that same spot in the car. Finally, I just said, I believe I received that ring. It was very nice. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. Ministering spirits, go get it. They're ministers for us yes. to hearken to our words. Yes. I said, ministering spirits, go get that ring. And then I just said, thank you, Lord. And the Lord said, go out to the car. I said, I've been out there 1,500 times. He said, just go out to the car. And I opened the door, and the ring was sitting in the middle of the carpet, right there for my foot to step on in the car. It was not there. It was not there. The angels brought it to me. I don't know where it was those 1,500 times I looked in the car at that spot, but the last time when I thanked God for it, Somebody put it 
right there in the middle of the rug. (laughs) So amen. amen. I don't care how it happens. I don't care if an old donkey brings it to the door. Amen. What about pastor's Bible? That was a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. That Bible and Daytimer has been lost for two months. Brand new Bible. He had marked it all up, had it the way he took from his old Bible, made this one brand, you know, marked it all up the way he wanted, and it's been gone for two months, and he thought he had put it on the back of his, his truck and drove off. That's the last he remembered. He had to go into the pump house, get something, laid the books on the back of the truck, and just left and went to church. So he thought it was in the road. We went up and down highway. We went up and down our road. Went up and down full, I mean, we scrolled the roads. Two months it was gone. And leadership Sunday night, Jean Gant walks out to go to dinner, and she finds his Bible and his daytime laying on a mat outside by the front doors. Yes. Never been wet, never torn, doesn't look any different than it did the day he put it on the back of his truck. I went back and looked at the cameras because I wanted to see an angel. (laughs) So I ran the cameras back between a certain time frame knowing that something appeared during these two hours and a young man that I don't know pulled up in a black Ford pickup truck and took the Bible and the daytimer out and laid it on the mat and drove away. Doesn't go to our church. I don't recognize him. Never seen the truck before. So now we're believing God that God will show us who it was so we could thank him. Amen. Let's give God praise for that. Amen. Come on. That's the life I'm talking about. That's the light I'm talking about. That's the Holy Spirit I'm talking about. That's your helper. All hope looked lost for that. But we continue to say, Father, we believe we receive the Bible and the daytimer. He had written notes that Holy Ghost had given him in that daytimer. And he just was like, Lord, I want that back. And we thank you that we have it, even though it looked absolutely impossible. But we got it a week and a half ago. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, did, he, did they look up his name, Daryl Morgan? Because it comes up, Word of Life of Popka, on the Internet. And I think on the front of his Bible, it does say Pastor Daryl Morgan, engraved, you know, on the front. So anybody could have done a Pastor Daryl Morgan search, and Word of Life will pop up if you do that. His picture's all over. It, I mean, it is, so. Because he's a public figure, and people took pictures, and they put it on the. So hallelujah, amen. So get this. I'll tell you what, I didn't get my full prayer answered yet, but I am receiving a full answer to it. I pulled up on one day this week, Friday of last week, and I pulled in here, and it was just Pastor Jeannie and Teresa here, and I pulled in here, and there was the black Ford pickup truck scrolling around the parking lot, coming past the building like he was coming towards me because I'm coming in and I'm all of a sudden I have this flash because I saw the video even though our cameras are fuzzy they're kind of garbage so we're going to get new high definition cameras because if we'd had HD cameras I could have seen the figure better the young man but um, 
here comes this black Ford truck. I roll down my window hoping, but he had tinted glass. I say it's a he, I don't know what was in there, but it was tinted glass. And I rolled my window down and, and they're passing me and I stopped hoping it would stop and he didn't. So um, don't know why he was here Friday. Don't know who he is, but it's an angel in a black pickup truck. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes I wonder if angels smoke. They don't really smoke. But the Bible says that they take on the appearance of normal man. So I'll tell you a story that happened to us quite a few years ago. We went on an anniversary. And we went to a place we'd never been before, and we were in the boondocks, Salt Springs. We decided to take the fishing boat and fish in Lake Kerr, Lake Kerr or someplace out there. And it started to get late. We got out of the lake. We had no place to stay. It's the boondocks. And um, I prayed and said, Lord, where are we going to stay? Because the next day we wanted to go to Salt Springs, so we weren't there yet. And um, I said, Lord, where, where do we stay? This is, this is just forced out here, and I don't want to go back into the big town. So we pulled into a gas station to get gas. I kid you not, this guy pulls up in a red, old Camaro, blowing smoke. He gets out, puts gas in his car. He's smoking a cigarette. I'm just saying, that's what he was doing. And he walked over to us, smoking a cigarette, put the cigarette down, and said these words to us. Hey, my aunt has a nice campground right over here. So-and-so mile down the road, she's got one room left that she's reserved for you. I don't know this man. I don't know his aunt. I don't know their campground. But he said it just like that. He said, my aunt owns this campground. She's got little cabins on the lake. She's got one room left, and she's reserved it for you. He's talking to me and my husband, not just to me. Pastor Morgan's there. And we got in the truck, and we went down to where he told us to go, went in there, and the woman said, I have one room left. Do you want it? We said, yes, one cabin left. We took the cabin, had a great anniversary blah, 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 and um, we both looked at each other and said, almost at the same time, do angels smoke? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm telling you, I don't know, but I mean, I know they're undercover. God can use a rock, he can use a smoking angel. All right. <laughs> All right. So I want to read this to you, okay? Let me read this to you. And then we're going to go. The Holy Ghost is a genius. If you don't have this book, The Holy Spirit is a Genius, if you'll listen to him, by Mark Hankins, go out in the foyer tonight and buy it, if it's there. Okay? I hope we have it there. Every time we read a book up here, you guys want to buy it, and we don't have it. But I hope it's out there. we got a bunch of books by Mark Hankins, and it's called The Holy Spirit's a Genius. So I'm going to read a little bit from it. It'll just lift you up. The Holy Ghost is a genius. If you'll listen to him, he'll make you look smart. Brother Kenneth E. Hagin said, the Lord told him if we would be led by the Holy Spirit, he would make us rich. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up 
a standard against him. What does the Spirit of the Lord do for you? He's the one to lift up a standard against the enemy when he comes against you. When the enemy has a scheme or a strategy to come against you or your family, the Holy Spirit will warn you. He's a genius. He knows what the devil has planned. The Holy Spirit knows what God has planned for you. He is concerned with every area of your life. If you'll listen to him, he'll make you successful. However, listen to this. The death, burial, resurrection of Christ and the word of God are essential to faith. Now, this is what we're talking about, Jesus being the life giver. However, if that's all you needed, God would not have ever had to send you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes what Jesus has done for us and translates it into your personal victory. Jesus is the life giver. He's the one that gave it all to you. But the Holy Spirit is the one that makes it real in your personal life because he's your personal Holy Ghost. Amen? All right. If you want to study the mind of a genius, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you're going to get these things into your heart. Holy Ghost will talk to you when you're praying in tongues. He'll talk to you. And he'll actually have you interpret some stuff out in English so you will know what you're saying. You don't have to try to interpret. But if something comes out in English, he's trying to get something to you. Don't try to figure in your head. Just keep saying it. If it doesn't make sense, just keep saying it. He's trying to get you to declare something so it will happen for you. Say the Holy Ghost knows. The Holy Spirit takes all you're receiving from God into a whole new dimension. The Christian can say what no other religion says. My God lives in me. Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3.14 says, to be strengthened with the mighty power according to the riches of God's glory in the inner man. The Holy Spirit is not far from the believer. He's on the inside. He always supplies strength to the things in your character that might be weak. Listen to this. In John 16, 7, the Amplified Bible, Jesus called the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, it says the parakletos. That means counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby. The Holy Spirit comes to make you strong and help you stand. Listen to this. The parakletos, that word in the Greek, means this. He is called in to render service unto you. He is called in to help you in a situation with which a man by himself cannot cope. He will keep a man on his feet when left to himself would otherwise collapse. The Holy Spirit enables you to pass the breaking point and not break. He is the friend of the accused person. He is called in to support his character in order to enlist the sympathy of the judge in his favor. He is the counsel of the defense, someone who will present someone's case to another person in the most favorable light. He is your counselor. Smith Wigglesworth said this, God has put us in a place where he expects us to have his latest revelation, the revelation of the marvelous fact of Christ in us and what it really means. We can understand Christ fully only this is the only way you're going to understand Christ fully. The only way. And the perfect plan that he has for you. And 
to stop the devil before he gets to you. Amen? And in the fight. The only way to have this is to be filled and overflowing with the Spirit of God. Our only safeguard from dropping back into our natural minds from which we can never get anything is to be filled and filled again with the Spirit of God and to be taken on to new visions and revelations. It is a luxury. Say that. It's a luxury. To be filled with the Spirit. And at the same time, it is a divine command. Amen. I'm just saying this because this is something you need to know. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit does what? Helps us. Helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In Greek it says uttered in articulate speech. The Holy Spirit takes hold together with us against our weaknesses to pray. His life, His resurrection power, and great strength through us to bring forth the will of God. Now listen to this. Rick Renner gives light on the full meaning of Romans 8. This is my last thing. The word infirmities, he helps us in our infirmities. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our infirmities. The infirmities spoken of here in the Greek is a crippling disease, a mental oppression, a recurring plague which goes on and on and happens over and over, which is terminal and incurable. So you need help and the Holy Spirit wants to help you. The Holy Spirit helps you overcome and win in a situation that seems incurable or hopelessly reoccurring over and over. In the Greek, the word helps means to take hold together with you against your infirmity. That is through praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit helps by making intercession for you with groanings which cannot be uttered. He's not making those groanings by himself. He's making them through you. Do you understand that? You've got to open your mouth. You've got to start praying. You don't try to make groanings happen, but there's times that he'll hook up with you and just go ahead and pray it out because you are actually doing some great war in the Spirit and things are being overcome and accomplished. Amen? An example of this is when a person has fallen into a pit and cannot get out with help. This is when the Spirit of God gets into the pit with you, makes intercession, and lifts, and lifts you out. When you're in a pit so deep that you can't get out yourself, the Holy Spirit is there to get down in the pit with you and get you out. If you're not praying in, the, in tongues every day, you need to. I know we make a big deal about it, but this is how we've survived. This is how we've survived some very hard things in our life. Whereas pastor would be dead by now and I would be dead. And I thank God for the Holy Ghost. So that's what we're going to do right now. Just close your eyes and lift your hands. Say, Holy Spirit, ha, you're my helper. You said you'll get in the pit with me. <laughs> Where I can't get out by myself, you'll get down there with me and you'll pull me out. You are the one that makes me stand. You are the one that takes me past the breaking point. And I don't break. You are the one that lifts me. And I thank you. I don't want to grieve you. 
Forgive me for whenever I have grieved you. I love you. You're my helper. You're my strengthener. You're my standby. I know that Jude 20 says that I am to build myself up on my most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's pray. If you're online, pray in the Holy Ghost with me. You are the spirit of truth. You lead me. You guide me into all things. You are the glory and the lifter of my head. Thank you for this wonderful language from heaven that you've given us access to. Thank you. You've given us all access to this, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You told us just ask for it. Just ask for it. And so, Father, if there's anybody in here that is not filled with the Holy Ghost as far as speaking in tongues, we just say, God, just say, God, I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want this special prayer language, my hotline to heaven. When I don't know how to pray, when I don't know what to pray for, when I don't know what to do, that I can pray this way and the Holy Spirit will pray through me. Just say, God, give it to me. And then just say, thank you, Lord, I receive it. And just start speaking those things you hear down on the inside, not in your head, but it right down on the inside. Just start saying, He'll make a language out of it. Fill them up, Lord. Fill them up. Come on, raise your voice. Lift your voice. All right, now listen to me. You can pray, and it can seem dry for a while. But if you'll give it time and not be in such a hurry to feel something, know that every moment that you're praying, God is working something for your benefit. So get your mind quiet. It'll help you get quiet when you pray. But in your mind, you're going, thank you, Lord. Something's happening. Something's happening. No matter how dry you feel or you don't feel. But there is a point that if you'll give way to the Holy Ghost and and let yourself pray undistracted, there'll be times he'll just hit you with a gusher and then you'll just know some things. He'll drop things in and go, do this, do that, do this. This is the way to go. Amen? Amen. It's for you. It's for you. You cannot think you cannot think you can operate out of your mind. One and your your peanut brain and all your little knowledge that you know. 100% of your life and make it and be successful. You're just not that good. I'm not that good. Not you, we. We are not that good. We are not that smart. We are not that bright. If Jesus said, I sent you a comforter, he meant it. If there's some things bothering you in your heart about stuff, calm yourself 
go pray in the Holy Ghost. You'll walk out of your bedroom called. You may not have everything together that you need at that moment, but he will settle you and he'll work it out. But every moment you pray in tongues, you are praying the perfect will of God over situations that concern you. The mysteries of God, Tracy, are in you, Justin, they're in you. They're not in me. Your mysteries are not in me. My mysteries are in me. I've got to pray them out into fruition. However, when our heart grows so full in love and compassion for one another, then God the Holy Ghost drops things in our heart to pray for other people because they need help. Amen? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you. I will honor this gift that you've given me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are my life giver here on earth. I will honor you. I will pray in tongues. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.